left out of all of the games and called all the names. It's time to light up the sky in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Another Christmas surprise for our dear listeners. Oh, man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, th- the movie you were expecting, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Welcome back to the Monsters vs. Men podcast, the bargain basement of the Monster Podcasting <laughs> Airwaves, where two friends try to stay alive and stay connected by chatting about weekly monster movies. And this is a monster movie, Alex. This That's is right. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Now, Rudolph isn't the monster, to be fair. Mm, no, well, some people treat him like one, though. They do treat him like a monster, but we have the abominable snowman. <laughs> and, and you know, there are some moments in there you're like, "Oh, that's kind of brutal, a little bit." Oh, it's it's brutal. It's Ooh, brutal. Man. I should probably introduce you. With me today is none other than my favorite tiny reindeer dancer, Alex, <laughs> and. Uh, joining me is little elf boy who doesn't like to make toys. <laughs> um, Herbie. <laughs> oh, geez. Oh, geez. I'll take it, I guess. Well, hey, you're pursuing a career in dentistry. Pretty lucrative, Eric. Yeah, it's not bad. Pretty you're lucrative. Right. It's not bad. <laughs> um, well, hey, before we start, you know, there's a couple reasons we wanted to do this one. One, we wanted something completely random for our Christmas special right. because that's always fun. Um, but two, I mean, come on, John, our executive producer, his icon, it feels like everywhere on the internet for Batagor Johnson is uh, <laughs> a character from yeah. Rudolph. The Yukon Cornelius. Cornelius. The Great Prospector in the North. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this is kind of an honor of Batagor Johnson, Sir Batagor Johnson uh-huh. himself. We did this for you. We don't know if you actually have a passion for this movie, but just <laughs> your profile picture. There is a story behind it. I know there is. I, I feel like he might have told us once before, but I, I want to hear it again uh, because I think there's a story behind the profile picture. So we'll have to get that from John. Uh, so he can tell us. <laughs> Definitely but, hear that. But let's go ahead and jump in. I don't know how much we have to say about this movie, but if we have something to say, we'll say it. <laughs> oh, there's going to be a lot. This is a deep dive. <laughs> a you're, dog, you're not going to yeah. hear a more deeper dive on <laughs> Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer on any this of our year. Movies. Oh, on yeah. any this podcast. Year. Yeah. You I will not. Yeah. I promise you will you. not hear a film podcast deep dive like this one on any <laughs> podcast that you listen to this year. Uh, on Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, for sure. (laughs) Author and culture critic Ronald D. Langford Jr. says that Rudolph is, quote, the fantasy story made to order for American children. Each child has the need to express and receive approval for his or her individuality and or special qualities. Rudolph's story embodies the American dream for the child, written large because of the cultural significance of Christmas, end quote. Now, 
Well, I agree with Lankford's assessment here. I do wonder, and so I'll ask you, Alex, is being the holiday symbol of individuality a good or a bad thing? Mm. I don't really think it's bad at all in the way that this film portrays individuality. Uh, I think the message works pretty well. And I think it's actually pretty poignant, especially the Island of Misfit Toys Mm. uh, and Rudolph's whole plight. Um, that being said, I do think this message kind of taken within the context of today is interesting because it's kind of taken this sentiment and kind of turned our current culture has kind of turned it into a, uh, a currency where individual individualism is kind of a currency almost. And so it's, it's kind of funny to be in a time that has taken the lessons of this movie to a almost a bad conclusion in some mm. ways some ways not always because i do think the heart of this movie is a positive hmm. yeah so you're saying alex that america started crumbling with the induction of rudolph as the independent misfit icon <laughs> it, no it wasn't rudolph's fault it was herbie it's all rudolph's fault no it was herbie <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I don't, I don't think it, it really is that bad either. Um, I, I understand what Langford says in, in the introduction. Um, with this being the story of individuality, right? I mean, each each character really has those, those quirks that make them unique. Um, now, it's, yeah, if you can get past that a little bit and you can get past the individual identity thing. I think there's a bigger, slightly bigger story at play. And it comes into into play when you have the lion. I can't remember the lion's name. <laughs> but it reminds me of Aslan a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. And, and the lion speaks the truth in this in this tale. And it says, a toy is never truly happy until it is loved by a child, right? Uh, and, and that's really the message that's really the kind of the identity aspect that that i focus in on the individuality aspect um it's not that these toys and these characters are individuals for individuality's sake it's just the way that they are right mm. um but they come into their own and they they get that sense of belonging by being loved by a child right and so when you extend that out um it, it applies to parents and children as well, which for us, Alex, we can always get a little sentimental about. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And the thing that I, I enjoyed about the movie was that it's very clear that the Lion King is just a ripoff of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, Chronicles of Narnia? Uh obviously stole from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Exactly. The the influence here is profound um, on other films. I mean, we, we have Rudolph getting egg, seemingly self-imposed. He has a self-imposed exile from what I think outsiders might consider a utopia, which we know by his treatment is not necessarily the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, he goes out. He finds new quirky friends. He uh, grows up while out on his own, 
And then he returns to be the savior of his kingdom. Mm. This is Lion mm-hmm. King. <laughs> oh geez. <laughs> and Scar is the abominable snowman. Ah, <laughs> uh, that, that's the, the that, that's the biggest reach right there for real. Yeah, that, that one is the biggest reach. reach. But the rest of it, I was like, I, I was watching this. So I was like, wow, there's like some interesting parallels here. <laughs> and, and I am being quite reductive. There is no doubt. Um, but that, I mean, both stories do play on the misfit notion, especially with Timon and Pumbaa. Um, and so there are some interesting parallels here. But again, I'm not being dis- dismissive of either movie because of that, because I don't think that that's really a fair criticism. Um, but I, I do think there's some interesting things in this movie that are surprises while watching this as an adult. Mm-hmm. Who's the bad guy here, Eric? If you wanted to pick a bad guy, who would you pick? Uh, probably, uh, Dasher. Dasher's his dad, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's his dad. <laughs> his dad. Probably Dasher and the Rudolph, uh, are in the Reindeer Games coach. Oh, yeah, uh, he's the main one. Those, those are the two, uh, villains. No. You want to know who the real villain is? <laughs> who? Santa Claus. <laughs> oh, Santa's pretty bad, too. <laughs> he's so mean. And if Santa Claus was nicer, guess who else is nicer? Hmm. All of his reindeer. Yeah, everybody else, right? Everybody else will follow his lead, but he is just hmm. as mean as he a lot of them mean. and dismissive. Wow. And There's so, a lesson of, about leadership to be learned here. I mean, me and, me, me and Glenn were watching this, and I was like, <laughs> just watching it, I go, I said out loud, I was like, Santa's kind of mean. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, he is. And I... It's interesting. Like his leadership is what's leading to the effect of crumbling of the North Pole um, mm. under severe weather, and it's. Mm. <laughs> but really, it is an interesting maybe perspective on how leadership can trickle down and have all these people and all these reindeer mistreating others because they see that it's okay from from the head honcho. Yeah, and he yeah Santa is dismissive of. Rudolph's individuality. Well, and right? when he sees that red nose, he's not happy about it. No. He's not happy. No. <laughs> like, it's not even like he's like, oh, reindeer be reindeer. And he just like lets everybody bully him. <laughs> it's like he kind of yeah. like gets in on it and, yeah. and hurts yeah. Rudolph's feelings. And <laughs> he does at the end, like, acknowledge like he shouldn't have been so dismissive, but it's only because Rudolph's got him by the balls. <laughs> Yeah. And then, uh, you know, he is also, it's it's a direct effect, right? Like, so he he is critical towards Dasher. Dasher's the the father, right? Dasher? Yes, yes. Um, He's critical towards Dasher. And and then Dasher takes that out upon Rudolph. Mm -hmm. Um, He publicly shames dasher right when he's he talks about how he's disappointed that he he like i'm disappointed that you tried to hide this uh there's nothing that he could do right he's just he's trying to allow rudolph to to fit in and not be bullied by the others and here comes santa uh disappointed in, in dasher who then in turn is disappointed in rudolph for no reason whatsoever Mm. Mm mm-hmm yeah 
it, it's 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 almost like an abusive father relationship, right? Mm. It's just a trickle down effect. Yeah, and the bullying goes further, right? It like does. the uh, that reindeer games Ooh, instructor. He's mean. He oh is mean. God. Yeah, and the kids like, are mean too. They, they oh, do it. Yeah. Oh, it's but the kids, the kids, you can't blame. Right, like the kids. That's why I said the ki- the kids aren't a bad guy here because the kids are just mimicking the adult behavior in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so <laughs> now we're getting into like educational philosophy here. Uh, hey, I told you all. I told we told the listeners this is going to be the most in depth dive you've ever heard on Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. <laughs> but no, it legitimately this is something that that we talk about. Um, in in the education world is like you, we have to go in with this assumption that uh, there's a reason like behavior is a communication mm-hmm. right it's a commu- it's a communication to us as the adults and so those bullying behaviors is a communication to the adults of the story um, that this is what they deem acceptable right yep. they don't know how to handle somebody that is different and unique uh, from them. So what do they do? They lash out because they've seen other adults in their lives do the same thing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It, it's a, it is a thorough examination of you know a trickle down abusive effect. <laughs> um, hey, well, to to, to uh, change gears a bit and maybe uh, talk about maybe a fun aspect of this film. I am curious who we should cast in a live action shot by shot remake remake of this one. So my first thought would be Nick Offerman as Yukon Cornelius. I love that right? it's a shot for shot remake, which means it's a live action fifty minute movie. <laughs> oh yeah. Exactly. No, it is. It's getting it's that Lion like, King treatment. Yeah, it's a la Disney is mm-hmm. what it is. So, <laughs> yeah. Nick Offerman is Yukon Cornelius. Okay. Um, Rudolph is going to be voiced by Timothy Chalamet just because. <laughs> okay. That's an interesting. We, we've got to make right that now. money. I got you. That's yeah, he's hot. hot. Right we've now. just got to make gotta that money. All right. You. Okay. Um, Hermie is played by Kenneth Parcell from 30 Rock. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. And... The toy box would be played by John Voight. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm okay yeah. with that. Yeah. yeah. That's like a yeah. really... That or... Yeah, no, I think John Voight's a good pick. That face. I was thinking like either his face or Christopher Walken's face. Mm. But Yeah, Christopher Walken would be I, good I, think, too. I, I like the John Voight pick a little bit more. Um, yeah. And then, you know, I, my only pushback... Uh-huh. My only pushback is that you don't have Keith David here anywhere. Oh, well, he could be Santa Claus. There you go. I'm okay with that. <laughs> That's what I was going to ask. Any other suggestions? Keith David as Santa Claus, or he can be the Abominable Snowman. Either one's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. then, you know, maybe Scarlett Johansson as uh, Clarice. You just want to ca- you just want any reason to cast Scarlett Johansson, Alex. Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say Scarlett Johansson, but then I'm like, I was gonna say dress up like a reindeer. And I'm like, wait a minute, that's weird. <laughs> but then I'm like, well, Twitter's gonna love that. I mean, 
<laughs> Scarlett Johansson dressed up as a reindeer. Man, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't endorse that. No. Uh, because I realized what I was going to say. Um, <laughs> this episode went to some weird places all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. But I think she'd just do a really good voice. You know, she'd, she'd sell that, like, I believe in you, Rudolph. So, I, you know, I think with all of them, I think we've got a really great cast. Oh, you know what? Keith David, mm. not Santa mm-hmm. Claus, the lion. Uh, that'd be great. The lion. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. Keith, Keith David's nice. So, you know, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but Alex on MVM plus today, before we get into our awards, uh, we had our first ever producer, executive producer, uh, round table where we talked about what does 2023 mm. have in store. And honestly, I think that meeting helped us shape. We kind of got a, a rough sketch, a rough outline of our calendar now for 2023. And I'm excited about it. I'm excited about what we have yeah, uh, and, for 2023. And, and we can both say that every single person that came actually contributed to the year that's coming. Oh, Because we took sure. at least some of their ideas. We yeah. did not take the asylum. No, not yet. <laughs> but we did take but other every, ideas. Everybody else, yeah. Well, yeah, even we even pieces. even even Kevin, Kevin had another idea that matched oh, yeah. up with some no. other ideas, also. And we've we we've got you. some pieces from everybody here, and I think it's going to be an interesting 2023, um, to be sure. Uh, but thank you to all of our producers that were able to make the meeting and you can listen to that, which is, this is the entertaining conversation as well yeah. over at patreon.com forward slash MVM pod, where you can become an executive producer yourself, or you can just become a regular bargain base might as we love to call them and receive weekly bonus content, including that episode and our entire backload backlog of episodes (laughs) backload our entire backlog of episodes um including all of our marvel versus ben but alex let's get into our awards now shall we compelling character award who do you have i've got clarice Mm. she is the only one that is absolutely 100 percent caring in that entire little town yeah um that's not one of our misfits and she's not she's not shy about she she doesn't make fun of him for his nose. She does comment on his voice that's a little weird, but she said mm-hmm. she didn't she she didn't say anything bad about it. She just thought it was an interesting voice. And then when he says something, you know, that he's kind of hurt by it, she's like, "Oh, I didn't say it was a bad thing." And so you know, she's just very memorable. She goes out and search for him. She's just like one of the few wholesome good characters in here that is not a misfit mm, got you plus scarlett johansson plus <laughs> <laughs> what about you eric uh mine is yukon cornelius the great prospector in the north yeah right yeah i mean yukon cornelius you have to give it to to him I mean, this guy <laughs> single-handedly fights off an abominable snowman right and then makes friends with that snowman so ultimately, like this, this is the hero, not the hero we need, um, 
But no, not the hero we deserve, but the hero we need, Alex, is Yukon Cornelius. One of the things I loved about his character is you see him three times, maybe four, in the movie, toss his pickaxe up in the air, it lands, he picks it up and licks it. <laughs> it's like, what is happening? Oh, it's <laughs> it's just so such a weird. little quirk. It's yeah. just a little quirk. And then at the end of the film, you find out why he does it. Mm. And it's because he's actually searching for peppermint. He wants to mine peppermint. And so at the end, he throws it up, gets it, licks it. He goes, peppermint. There's a peppermint mine. Finally. It's like, oh, my God. Uh, That's the whole reason. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, Most memorable line award. What'd you have? Uh, I had uh, Rudolph the Red Nose Race. (laughs) (laughs) That is memorable. Because... It's a it's absolutely incredible that someone wrote that song back in the day and it became a staple Christmas song. This is a TV movie, Eric. Mm-hmm. I and think it the became song was a written, staple. I think. Well, I, or is it was it written be before? Am I wrong? I think the song was written before the TV special. Rudolph. Oh, yeah. This is going to be interesting. So while song, I'm while I'm looking this up, I'm going to blow your yeah. mind. Okay. How old do you think the term bucket list is? Bucket list? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. There's probably some interesting tidbit about bucket list. It's probably like 150 years old. Would you believe me if I told you that the term bucket list didn't exist until the movie Bucket List with Morgan Freeman and Jack Nicholas came out in 2006? No, I wouldn't believe you. You should look it up and it's going to melt your mind. There's Louise <laughs> walking around. During my podcast, um, bucket list. No, look it up. Look it up. The only the only thing that might be predating it, and it's I think it's been debunked, is that there was someone mentioned it in two thousand four. So here you here you go, Eric. You're correct. The song came long before the the show thirty thirty nine. Mm. Wow! Wow! Impressive. Wow, that's a hey, that's it's a memorable line. It is a memorable line. I, I I guess the other another line I guess would be, mm, you go ahead and go. I want to think. Uh, my line is a line that I think my family said. It was just a line that I remember thoroughly as as a kid, and it's Rudolph saying, "I'm cute. I'm cute." <laughs> That is a that's a it is a cute one. Yeah. Followed by despair. Oh man, yeah. Lots of despair in this movie. Oh man. Um yeah, yeah, this is a sad one. Um I guess I guess mine will be uh Mrs. Claus. Mm-hmm. No, I don't like that one. I was gonna say who's ever heard of a skinny Santa? And, and and the reason that one stuck out to me is Gwen was asking me, "Why is Santa so big?" <laughs> I was like, Gwen, and she's like, "He's like what? What? Why?" I said, "Well, he spends all day eating cookies when he's delivering presents." <laughs> I think that works. That's a good one. I had That's to come up one. with a canon for why he's big for eating co- sugar for one day a year. It makes sense. It makes sense. <laughs> Uh, what about your can't believe that voice acting award, Alex? Um, 
while you're still looking up that bucket list thing, because I know you're doing it right now. No, I'm not. I know. I know all of our listeners are, and it's they're all their minds are melting, and they're very upset about it because I was yesterday when I found out. Um, my voice acting award goes to our snowman, um, Mr. Louise. I swear to God, quit walking around. Um, it goes to our snowman. It's the reindeer. It's the reindeer. What? Sam the snowman is the reindeer. No, Louise is a reindeer. Oh yeah, that those are reindeer hooves on the roof. Click clack sleigh bells. Yeah, no sleigh bells. No, those those fell off. Um, (laughs) But yeah, my my, can't believe that acting award goes to Burl Ives as Sam the snowman. Mm. I think he does a great job as a little narrator. Yeah, and that character is like pretty cool. He's like, oh, yeah. he's like very memorable, you know, like you kind of forget about him, but as soon as the movie starts, you're like, oh, that guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, what about you? I'll go with Carl Banas or Banas as the head elf, the misfit elephant and various misfit toys. Mm. Um, he was just, I don't know. He, he stands out to me as again, another, uh, victim of Santa's cruelty in this film. Uh, but he conveys it well through that voice, uh, just that pain that he's going through where he can't help inflict pain on others. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, Mrs. Claus tries to come in and, and, and save the day and say, Hey, don't worry about it, but he can't help himself. He knows um, that his boss is going to have his head yeah. if he's not careful. We've seen his behavior. Do you know what Mrs. Claus' first name is? I do not. Sarah. Sarah Claus. I made that up. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh. What about your, oh, that's a good shot. <laughs> Mine is the shot of... Rudolph, when he realizes that he's posing a threat to his friends by mm. having a shiny nose, he gets mm-hmm. on that piece of ice and he floats off out into the ether. That was a good shot. Yeah. Very like moving. Mine was the crane shot. <laughs> it might have been a drone shot. I'm not sure. It was either a drone it's shot or a crane a shot. Drone, definitely a drone <laughs> shot. Probably a drone shot, honestly. Uh, of... It was the the one where it, it kind of is looking down at the bird's nest and then it sort of it pans downwards and you know the, the camera starts zooming in towards Sam the snowman. Of course. Um it's just quite beautiful, right? Quite beautiful. Really impressive technical work on the camera there. Yeah. I, I don't know how they possibly did it. Uh I don't know how they set that up. So <laughs> definitely definitely a Crazy. crane or a drone. Uh, sure. I think I mean drone. Well, yeah, probably drone. Probably drone. <laughs> <laughs> uh what about your unique award, Alex? Uh yeah, this is one for both of us to answer, Eric. Okay. Best misfit toy. I'm gonna go with the cowboy riding an ostrich. That one is awesome. <laughs> it's really good. That was, was awesome. What, uh, what, what was what's the guy's name in the box? Uh, uh, Charlie in the box. Charlie in the box. <laughs> I'll go with Charlie in the box because literally the only thing wrong with Charlie in the box <laughs> is, is that he doesn't have the name Jack. That's it. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everything else is fine. You just don't have the right name. So <laughs> Charlie of the Box. <laughs> uh, poor Charlie. Poor Charlie in the Box. It just doesn't flow off the tongue as well. So I guess it just won't work. Um, <laughs> no, the cowboy and the ostrich, though, that's just kind of epic. That's not even misfit. That's just that awesome. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, all right. This is for both of us as well. Best musical number, Alex. Um, Ooh. I am going to go with the classic Burl Ives, Holly Jolly Christmas. That's a really, really good one. Great choice. I think I that's Thank the one you. that I would pick. Because yeah. while Rudolph, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer is I is I iconic, mm-hmm. that one, that one's like really a standout, and it's well performed mm-hmm. too. I think that's the best musical number for sure. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's hard to go wrong with that one because that one's probably the most played song. <laughs> I, I don't know if that song originated in this movie or not from this movie, but it's probably the most played song from this movie on the radio. Would you say Holly Jolly Christmas? I, I don't yeah. know. Um, I don't know if it originated from here, but yeah, I would say so. Cause Rudolph the red nose is like one that's played by young kids, but yes. I feel like older people are the not playing Rudolph really, unless it is mm-hmm. for a kid and they're playing Holly yeah. Jolly Christmas. Yeah, and it, you don't think of Holly Jolly Christmas as like a Rudolph song. At least I don't. No, Do I you? don't either. No. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it plays a prominent role here. So, yeah, uh, Holly Jolly Christmas for me. That brings us, Alex, to our final thoughts and tiered rating. Um, where, where does this film <laughs> fall for you? <laughs> and where does it fall within um, your Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer rankings? Because... We haven't even touched the surface when it comes to the Rudolph lore. No, um, we haven't. And there is an entire lore out there about Rudolph. Yeah. Um, that, that, who that, is who is Rudolph's father? Who is Rudolph's mother? Mm-hmm. These are these are questions of lore, Alex, that we just didn't have time in this deep dive ev- episode to get into. Um, but we may have to dive into it at, at another time. Yeah. I mean, the next movie where he accidentally gets addict- addicted to crack is kind of a really memorable, dark, but fitting Christmas this, movie. Yeah. And this is where I should probably tell you that in that schedule I mentioned for MVM Plus, the next three months we've set aside for Rudolph lore. Um, so buckle in, folks. Buck, buckle in. Oh, my gosh. I bet most of you haven't heard of Daryl, the green-nosed reindeer. But that's his grandson. Oh. He just made that up again. Uh, go ahead, Alex. What do you think? <laughs> what's this? What's this received? Yeah, you know, this is a really great short Christmas movie for you know a family. It, it's quick. It's on the outside. I, from a young perspective, wholesome. It's a little meaner as an adult. I would say yeah. <laughs> watching it, um, but I think it is overall pretty wholesome. It's got little tense moments with the abominable snowman when he has the reindeer in the cave and he mm-hmm. knocks Rudolph out. Like Gwen was like on the edge of her seat when that happened. Um, it's I, I think it's pretty solid. You know, it's not a Godzilla tier by any means, but it is a Christmas classic for a reason. So I'm gonna give it a good solid gamma tier. Nice. What about you? Let's hear my, it. My kids were on 
the edge of their seat as much. In fact, they were running around screaming while I was trying to watch most of this thing. And I'm like, why am I watching Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer while you all are running around screaming like maniacs? But <laughs> uh, they did they did uh, settle in uh, towards the end of the film. And, and actually, they didn't watch the beginning. They ended up watching the end. And so they kind of got hooked in around that same part, Alex. But yeah, I mean, this is a film that does celebrate that individuality. Um, it doesn't have any sort of negative message here. Uh, even if we want to like overanalyze the film, <laughs> it doesn't have a, a negative message. And it's one that you can put on in the background at Christmas time. And you know, it's, it, it'll be good for the family. So yeah, this is a solid gamma tier for me as well. Um, and it was a good time revisiting. I don't know the last time I've watched this movie from the beginning to oh, the end. I've seen it the last three years. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I don't know if I've seen it from beginning to end in a long time. So, no, this is fun. Uh, anything else you want to add, Alex? No, no, no. This was a good one. And it, it's nice to be, you know, the deepest dive on Rudolph that any yeah, podcast has ever this done this year. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. As always, thank you for listening to Monsters vs. Men. You can leave us feedback on Rudolph at mvmpod.com or email us at mvmpod at gmail.com and you'll probably appear on the show. Oh, Eric, You can also wait, follow us. Yes. What are we doing next week? We didn't tell anybody. Yeah, I wasn't going to, but oh, if you want oh, to. Oh, 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, Next week, we will watch Troll. Troll. Hey. You gotta pay the troll toll to get in this. <laughs> <laughs> and we will pay the troll toll next week as we dive into the hole that is troll. Um, <laughs> it'll be fun. <laughs> it'll be fun. No, this I, I've heard some interesting things about this one. So um, we'll see. Uh, it's on Netflix. Go check it out. Yeah. <laughs> As always, you can follow us and message us on Twitter and Instagram at MVM underscore pod. Become a bargain base mite at patreon.com forward slash MVM pod and receive that weekly bonus content, including special reviews, interviews, and host chats. And if you can't join us at this time, a review or a share always helps. Monsters vs. Men is produced by Alex Cornette. Executive producers are Kevin Alexander, Faye Basier, Christopher Clavero, John Freeman, and Michael Herndon. Special thanks to our wives, comma, Rock Band for PlayStation 3, which forms Cell Block B, Louis Loops, Senior Honda, Drew the Collector, our Instagram connector, and you, the listener, for listening. Until next time, don't let the festering cancer of abuse affect your North Pole ranch. And try, try to, to stay, stay alive. alive. I don't know if that song originated in this movie or not from this movie, but it's probably the most played song from this movie on the radio. Would you say? What would you, what, what did you say? <laughs> <laughs> I was reading a fun fact about it, about Pearl Ives singing. I said it's probably the most played song.